Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. I don't even know what to say. I, I come to you in this microphone with Gus sitting next to me, and I, I want to put this into words how excited I am. I, I just can't do it because we've waited so long for this moment. It's here. The brackets are out. Gus, we're ready to go. I feel like Mel Gibson in Braveheart charging into the field right now. Welcome to the Screen, the Screener podcast where we talk all things NCAA tournament with you. Finally, Gus. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, listeners out there. Thank you for your personal choice and consumption of the Screen, the Screener podcast where you're manufacturing this college basketball listening adventure the Monday in March after selection sunday march 13th it is finally the best time of year mike randall we are here we just want to say we hope that we improve your commute to and fro and fill in that free time where you are just looking for that nca information thank you for plugging us into your earbuds so thankful that you guys are listening ah man i can't believe we have brackets i can't believe we have time to break them down Listeners, thank you for tuning us in and making the screen the screener like a place that you're going to go to get information on how to win your pool or how just to sound smart in conversation with your boys and your girls. We're always thankful, so humbled, honestly honored to chat NCAA hoops and the tourney with you, Mike, and our ever-increasing audience. And we just want to say ahoy out there at SportsJD. We are with you with, on the RPI numbers, my man. And we wanted to say ahoy out there at Somerset underscore sports. Thanks for looking forward to what Mike and I are doing. It's really cool that we have people that are have some anticipation for what Mike and I might think about this silly piece of paper that we all spend way too much time on. But I can't wait to spend all that time on it and dive in. Ah, Mike Randall, are you as excited as I am? I have goosebumps running up and down my arms right now. Folks, this is what we got planned for you today. So Gus and I watched the brackets last night. We tried to plan the podcast how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Gus will lead me through the bracket, and I will give you my pick. So tonight will be Mike Randall's picks game by game up to the final four. We'll talk about some of the – we'll do some quick reaction to the brackets to start and talk about some of the games and the seedings, but I'll walk you through it. And then tomorrow night, we flip it around. I'll sit here and be straight man as best as I can. And Gus will take you through his bracket pick by pick and give you the final four. You want information. You know that we study this. We're not one of these guys that pops on TV and then just talks about the brackets like we haven't lived it. We have the knowledge and we are in the quest, Gus. I am at least tonight for the perfect bracket. I know it's one in nine trillion, but I believe now that I have this bracket in front of me that I'm getting every one of these games right which is insane, but why else would you do it then, right? Look, if that's not your aim every single time you pull one of these things up in March, why are we even doing this? That's the dream. So Gus and I both ran track. Gus also ran cross country in in college, and we used to laugh. So I would run against some of these 400-meter runners, and one of them in particular was a tremendous 400-meter runner from Seton Hall called Kevin Lyles. Okay. Love, love Kev. I must erase Kevin Lyles four times. Kevin Lyles, folks, ran on the Olympic team. Kevin Lyles has a gold medal. If you saw Kevin Lyles and saw me, you would laugh at this statement. Every time I got on that line, Gus, I thought I was beating him. 
there was no chance I was beating him. He could have run backwards and beat me, but every time I got on that line, I said, maybe today's the day. That's my mindset, and that's the mindset you have to have with this bracket. That's why, yes, I'm ready to go with definitive, strong beliefs in who's going to win these games. We started with this podcast on with these listeners, these loyal listeners that we have out there. In October with Connor Frank. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly right. Very good. Okay, so let's let's just start off with some bracket thoughts. Uh, Mike, when we saw all the matchups, were there a couple of things that jumped out at you? I have a couple of things, but why don't you jump off first? Was there something that really caught your eye that might have been askew? Was there something that like really highlighted? Was there something you're looking forward to? Give us a, a couple of bracket thoughts, for lack of a better term. A couple of things I learned along the way is when a team is underseeded, meaning they come out and they're much lower than you thought they should be, they usually go on a run. I'm going to think back, Gus, to the Oregon team that was seeded 12 several years ago, I believe after winning the Pac-12 tournament or something like that. Totally remember that, yeah. And they blew out Travis Ford's Oklahoma State team with, with Marcus Smart and that group in the first round. So when I see underseeded teams, I usually like them. I'll give you a hint. We won't even. We're going to talk about Wichita State and Dayton so much today, but Wichita State being a ten is insane. Okay, that's ridiculous. Jumped off the page. Yeah, Gus, as did Wisconsin being an eight, and we saw that Frank Kaminsky had some comments there. You know, Frank, settle down a little bit, big guy. Okay, these people have been studying this for a week. Okay, Frank, and they were underseeded. Wisconsin is underseeded. Maybe you, sure. shouldn't, you shouldn't have gone on a horrific losing streak, by the way, at the end of regular, the regular season, Frank. Yeah, that four-game four losing streak didn't do anybody any favors. Take it easy, Frank. Okay, so, um, That one jumped out at me. Those two right off the bat. The other one that I'm looking for, uh, I mean, of course, you know, you'll hear my thoughts later on Middle Tennessee State. But those were the three. It's, it's a couple teams were very, Gus, underseeded. Thought I, mm. I thought they were a little low, and my reaction is they're going to get hot. Here are the other things uh, that I paid attention to. Number one, I, my first one was I can't believe that Dayton and Wichita State are playing in the first round. I mean, think about a couple podcasts back when we did this rundown. I think both of us had Dayton going to the final four or the elite eight at least, right? And no, now no, no, it no. looks like they're going to be a six to seven point underdog in the it. first round. Can't believe it. It's it, it just, it, you know what? Again, we talked about this how. If Wichita State was going to be underseeded, it wouldn't just be hurting them. It would be the people. It would also be hurting the team that they were assigned against. And right now, do you believe back-to-back years that this is going to happen? Think about this, listeners. This year, they're matched up against Archie Miller and Dayton. And Dayton is totally getting shortchanged here. And think about last year. Who was Wichita State matched up against in that first round after they won the playing game? Sean Miller. Back-to-back Miller like snafus what are we gonna do here this is crazy i can't believe they did it to the miller family twice in one year you know what i'm hoping i'm hoping that sean shared some insight with archie and they have like maybe some like undercover underground notes that's what i'm hoping the other thing that jumped out at me was how they seeded creighton still as a six without mo watson Yet they seeded Xavier as an eleven uh, very good. with no uh, with no Sumner. I thought that that was like a I thought that was too big of a gap between those two teams. I thought they'd be more evenly. Uh, maybe both of them eights. Maybe both in the playing game. Uh, you know that eight nine game. Maybe both of them tens. But it just seemed like that didn't match up either. 
And then the last one was you love how these eight, nine games have these big teams in them all the time. If you just take a look at them, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech gets to play Villanova. Northwestern, Vanderbilt gets to play Gonzaga. Arkansas, Seton Hall gets to play North Carolina. And then, of course, Miami and Izzo and Michigan State get to play Kansas. Those things are like tailor-made for TV. So obviously those 8-9 games, they're going to plug those big, those big teams that are brand names into those, into those games to play that number one seed, hoping for a lot of viewers. That was the other thing that jumped out at me too. Yeah, I, I, there's so many things. I, I found, Gus, when I was looking at this bracket, there are so many close first-round games for me because I really like both teams. Yes. And there's so many close first round games for me because I really dislike both teams. So I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be a shill for Mark Hollis and the committee, but I'm just going to tell it like it is. I think they did a great job. I think they did a great job. I would say there's one mistake. You got to put Illinois State in. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Here's my two th- thoughts on that. Number one, I agree. All the correct teams are in the tournament. All of them. All the correct teams are in. The people that they left out are the correct teams they left out. The teams that they got in are the correct teams that they got in. Illinois State, I think, is like this anomaly that you're rooting for them to get in. But once Wichita State gets a 10, there's 0% chance that Illinois State's going to get in. But but Gus, that's my point. Like, I'm sorry. You can't tell me that most of America would have been heartbroken if Wake Forest didn't make this tournament or or Kansas State. I'm sorry. Like, how How about Vandy? And Vandy, they had mediocre seasons. To me, if I'm given a choice of a mediocre big school or a school that's 27-6 and six this year and 17-1 and one in the Missouri Valley, by the way, can we just stop with, well, Wichita State beat them by 40? The second time Wichita State played, Illinois State's best player was not playing. Correct. So, so let's be careful here. Illinois State blitzed Wichita. Then Wichita blitzed Illinois, blitzed Illinois State without their best player, and then they beat them in the, in the tournament. I don't know what else you want Illinois State to do. And uh, Dan Muller is on Twitter today. like He's putting out tweets asking like big five schools to play him. It's ridiculous. Like you, These schools don't have a chance. Duke's not coming there. UCLA's not coming there. So what yeah. you're saying is they have to go out, schedule these three or four giants, pray to beat one of them, and by the way, also win their conference tournament and be dominant in their conference. It's totally unfair. I don't want Illinois State if they had three losses in conference. They were 17-1. and one. The idea that Wichita State is 10 means they think they stink. But I will say this. They were consistent, which all is all I asked for. Basically, you have to beat big schools to get in this tournament. If you don't, you're not getting in. But I just think that's completely unfair to the small schools because they won't get there. So basically what you're saying is to Illinois State, take your lumps next three or four years, schedule three or four powerhouse schools every year, and then maybe in year four and year five, you'll actually beat one of them and then get in. But in the meantime, we're going to devalue your dominance and take a 19 and 12 team and put them in in the big conference. Totally unfair. 19 and 12. How about 19 and 15? Right. And if they put Syracuse in, I would have won even more nuts. But yeah. that's, that's my only thing. Listen, I think it's I think, a great I think tournament. it's the only gripe that we're going to have out there. I mean, obviously, both of us were rooting for Illinois State. We were, we're, you know, we're kind of red birds at heart. Uh, but they got almost every other team right. So if you're going to go, whatever, 68 for 69, I'm pretty good with that overall. So, I mean, are there misseedings in the bracket itself? Yeah, there's definitely. There's like 
four that jump out at you, and then there's like seven other ones where you're like, hmm, what in the world will happen there? Like, why is that team there? But is everybody in the bracket that should be here? Yeah, just about everybody got the invite that should have. So it's almost like I'm, it's almost like us Illinois State's not in because this was their non-conference schedule: at Murray State, Fort Wayne, TCU, Ferris State, IUPUI, New Mexico, Tulsa, UT Martin, St. Joe's, Hawaii, San Francisco, etc. That's the point. Is they feel yeah, that that's it, nothing? And that's not. It's not a terrible. It's that's not a terrible non-conference either. It, you you just need a couple more studs in there. So you know what they have to do? They just ha- they have to take their lumps, like you said, and just. Take a couple of those pay games. Like, just go to that team. Don't even lock. Try to lock up a home and home. Just go to somebody and play them. That's what they need to do. But you know, we talked about this with Wichita State. What if they go ahead and try to hit the reset button, like Wichita State was trying to do early on in the season, and that's when they're going to play that big team, and they're not going to be the same team that they are later on in the season. So it's like this double-edged sword with these, you know, with any team that's in Illinois State's situation where if you're going ahead and losing a couple of your key players from the year before and you're trying to restart it, and then by the end of the season you're back and rolling again, you don't have that opportunity during that time frame. So it's, it's, it's just very tricky. It's very tricky. It's a hard thing to figure out. I trust that Dan Muller is super smart. He's super sharp. He'll figure out how to get it done and the path to take to get his team into the NCAA tournament, at least into the conversation and not have everybody question why they're not in. All right, let's get to it, man. I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh man, okay. Hold on, let me get because uh, uh, I'm going to take some notes here. So let me uh, let me just make sure I have everything in play. Okay, so listeners, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to run down. We're going to give Mike Randall all the matchups in the East bracket. Then we're going to go down to the West bracket with Gonzaga. We'll jump across the bracket over to Kansas and the Midwest, and then we'll finish off with the South bracket and North Carolina. Then we'll go ahead and let Mike Randall give you his final four and what he think might happen moving forward. And then we'll close up shop and we'll do the same thing tomorrow with roles reversed. All right, Mike Randall, you all set here? Let's do it, man. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. I love this. Okay. So listeners, we're going to start in the East bracket for lack of a better term. That is just going to be the Villanova bracket for right now, if that's okay with everybody. All right. Let's just start at the top. We'll roll down to Duke. And then we'll go through the next round of games, and we'll just go round by round until we get to the final four, and then we'll go to the next bracket. Okay, Mike Randall, we're going to start you with number one, Villanova, versus the winner of 16, Mount St. Mary's and New Orleans. What do you got for us? I like the playing game here. Eric Thomas inside for New Orleans. The only issue that I have here is that Mount St. Mary's likes to shoot the three, and New Orleans does not. Mount St. Mary's this year has attempted 693s, New Orleans 429. Eric Thomas is a handful in size. He's got 223 throws attempt. The spread's only one and a half. I'm going to take the mount because when in doubt, I'm going to take the team with the guards. Regardless, they're going to play Villanova and they're going to lose to Villanova. Okay, so we have Nova moving on. I like it. I like that you gave us the playing game winner. Very well done. Okay, I'm going to go right downstairs. Let's go to Wisconsin, the eight seed versus Virginia Tech from the ACC, the nine seed. Gus, what I'm going to give you here is a couple locks. We're going to call these Mike Randall locks, the ones I feel the strongest about. There is no way Virginia Tech without Chris Clark is beating Wisconsin. Wisconsin is going to win this game. You can lock that up. Do not pick Virginia Tech. And my issue is going to be that Wisconsin is the type of team, a la Butler, a la Virginia, that can cause major, major problems for Villanova. We will come back to that in a minute. 
but I'm putting Wisconsin through in this game, and I think it's going to be a contrast in styles in round two. Go ahead. Interesting. Okay, I like your pick there. Okay, let's just keep on moving down. Let's go number five, Virginia, versus a very live number 12, UNC Wilmington. I'm concerned about this one because Virginia is the type of team that you don't want playing UNC Wilmington, if you're me, because they're going to do a contrast in styles. But I think that Virginia's offense is so putrid and so absolutely horrific that Kevin Keats's club is going to run all over him in Orlando. It's going to be a true road game, which Virginia has struggled with as well. They're going to let the threes fly. Ingram, the whole bit. C.J. Bryce. I'm going to take UNC Wilmington to upset Virginia. Love the 5-12 number as well because that's always an upset. I understand it's a contrast in styles. It worries me because this is the type of matchup that we'll, they'll struggle with. But I'm taking UNC Wilmington to just start bombing away. And Virginia won't be able to keep up with them. Interesting. Okay. That is a definite contrast in styles. I am intrigued to see who's going to push their will on that game. Let's go number four, Florida from the SEC versus number 13, East Tennessee State in Cromer. Who do you got there? Cromer is outstanding. He's going to be the best player on the floor. Florida has lost three of their last four games, including two somehow to Vanderbilt, which is horrific. They had the initial, we lost Igbunu, and we're going to overcome that with the LG, the Let's Go Gang. Now it's starting to hurt them. So an East Tennessee State team is going to play a Florida team that has no inside game whatsoever. They're licking their lips, and so is Cromer. I don't care if it's an Orlando Gus. Give me East Tennessee State. That's a 12-13. Both teams are upset playing in the in the second round. Well, this bracket breakdown is off to an exciting start. Well done, Darn Mike right. Oh, We're just getting warmed up. Let's go down to number six, SMU, who looked dominant in the American versus the winner of the playing game of Providence and USC. Second, Mike Randall, lock it up. USC is beating Providence. Providence is not good. Ed Cooley's done a great job with minimal talent. USC is for real, and they have Benny Boat right back. And by the way, they almost beat UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament, down three with the ball, I think it was. Good call. USC is beating Providence. You can take that to the bank. So the question is SMU versus USC. I always get leery because the playing team always gets hot. Always. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think SMU is so good and destroyed Cincinnati in that American tournament championship. I think they will overcome it. SMU moving on. Very good. Let's go to your one of your heartthrobs. Number three, Baylor Bears versus number 14, New Mexico State, Mike Randall. Gus, teams that have big players inside do not get upset in the first round very rarely. Motley is a stud inside. This is not the team that that New Mexico State wants to see. They're not going to be able to hit the boards. Baylor's really good this year. They've done a great job. The zone always causes trouble. Baylor moves on here. Okay, another one of your favorite guys, Sindarius Thornwell and South Carolina, the seven seed, take on upset happy number 10, Marquette. Marquette's been bad away from home this year. And oh, by the way, this game is actually 100 miles from South Carolina's campus in Greenville because of both of those reasons. And Sindarius Thornwell is the best player on the floor. Give me South Carolina moving on. I love when you can look at a game and then just default to who's going to be the best player on the floor and that's going to be a good enough argument that's a great argument for this particular game let's finish off your first round in the east bracket with duke versus troy don't waste the people's time duke's moving on 
Very good. Okay, we're going to go back upstairs, people, and we're going to go back to where you have uh, in the round of 32, Villanova versus Wisconsin. Gus, if you have Villanova, this is the game you're sweating. It's very simple because if you win this game, you're in the Elite Eight. That's what I'm telling you because you're playing either Wilmington or you're playing East Tennessee State. Both, mm. both of which are not going to be able to put that type of game together that many times in a row. Mm-hmm. This is the game Nova's got to get through. It is a tough second-round matchup. I wouldn't want to see them. However, I don't think that this Wisconsin team, the same one that lost five out of six to end the regular season, pretty much, the same one that while they crushed, they beat Indiana pretty well, and then they crushed Northwestern, they got blitzed by Michigan. So it's not a Wisconsin team that is coming fresh off a Big Ten championship. It's not a Wisconsin team that has been playing well at the end of the regular season. It's a Wisconsin team that has Hayes. They have Koenig. They have Happ inside. Vito Brown. I get that. They are not very deep. I think this is a close game. I think Hayes plays well. Double-double. Koenig's not going to hit that many shots. Not on these Villanova guards. So it comes down to Happ. And, and Hayes versus Villanova. Hap tends to be a one-half player this year. He's had some big first halves and then disappears in the second half. Reynolds is back for Villanova. I am pretty sure that Villanova will beat Wisconsin. But, folks, this game will not look good at halftime because this is the type of team that Villanova struggles with. I also think us, Butler, twice, Virginia, like at some point they're going to figure out how to beat the help recover teams, okay? But I don't like this matchup, but I'm putting Villanova through. Okay. I like the breakdown. The next one is fascinating. You have UNC Wilmington versus East Tennessee State. Yeah, UNC Wilmington's better. They got a ton of guards. They're going to do what East Tennessee State does, but better. Cromer will be good, but Flemings and uh, Bryce and Ingram will be better. UNC Wilmington throw. Okay, the next matchup is fascinating. It's a Texas showdown. We talked about both of these teams in our first initial podcast preview. We have SMU versus Baylor. When the heck has Baylor stepped up in the last three months and had a big win? We did Alpha Undefeated Pi, Gus. When's the last time they had a big win? So as much as I'm sitting here saying, oh, Baylor, give me SMU and put them through, please. Uh, you know, who have they beaten? So on what basis? Semi Ojale will be there. Uh, so will Shake Milton. They'll have Motley, and that's it. The guards will stop Lacan. I know they only have six guys, but Baylor does, plays his own, so they're not going to get in foul trouble. SMU's moving on, no problem. I bet there will be lots of moments in that game where uh, where Semi Ojale and Motley are actually matched up. That'll be a cool matchup to watch. Okay, we got South Carolina and Duke. Who do you got? Yeah, playing in South Carolina is nice, but Duke's moving on. Very good. Okay, we're going to go back up top, people. All right, Mike Randall, you're going to make a case for UNC Wilmington versus, your, uh, versus Villanova? Stay true to who you are, my friend. If Villanova gets by Wisconsin, they are not losing to UNC Wilmington. Give me Villanova the Elite Eight. Fabulous. And then we have this fascinating matchup of the Duke transfer semi Ojale versus old team SMU versus Duke. One of the toughest games in filling out this bracket that I thought about. I got to take Duke, Gus. I can't, you know, it, they're coming around. I love what SMU's done. They've done it with six players all year. They don't have a huge inside presence back to the basket, so Jefferson should have a nice game. Mm-hmm. I just think Duke does what SMU does, but a little better. And I feel like this is a great one, run for Jankovic and SMU, but it ends here. And give me the big matchup in Madison Square Garden between Villanova and Duke. 
Wow, that looks great. Okay, so in that matchup, who do you have going to the final four, Mike Randall? Villanova versus Duke, the one versus the two. It's very hard to go back-to-back. It's very hard to repeat. I just think Duke does what Villanova does, and the type of team that's going to beat Duke is going to pound them inside, and Villanova can't do that. And so I'm going to put Duke in the final four at Madison Square Garden over Villanova in a fantastic classic basketball game. What a venue for that particular game. That's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome to watch. The optics on that are going to be through the roof. I can't wait to put my eyes on that game if it actually goes down. Okay, listeners, we're heading down the hatch. Let's head down to the West region, the Gonzaga region, for lack of a better term. Mike Randall, are you ready to break down the West region for the listeners out there? Let's go. Very good. Okay, we're going to start at the very top. Let's go Gonzaga, South Dakota, South Dakota State. Gonzaga. I'm on the other side. Little, little frisky. Mr. Dom will be nullified. Give me Gonzaga. Next. Very good. Okay, down the ladder, we have Northwestern and Vandy, two teams with double-digit losses. What do you got? I'm locking up a lot of 8-9 games here, basically because they're very close, and I think our listeners, these are the ones that are going to be tough decisions. Lock it up. Northwestern's winning this game. Vanderbilt does not belong in here. They're here because they beat Florida seven times this year. That's the only win they had. Maybe that's just a style thing. Bryce Drew, I'm not buying it. Cornette, I'm not buying it. Northwestern, the mojo, they're in. They're healthy. Scotty Lindsay, I'll take Northwestern. Lock it up. I like that you have two locks. I hope you have give us a couple more locks as we're going along. Let's go to number five, Notre Dame versus a very live Ivy, number 12, Princeton. Yeah, I'm not buying Princeton. I'm not buying – the Ivy being live is a nice thing to say. This is not Harvard. This is not Amaker. This is not the Yale team. I know mm-hmm. they won 14 in a row. They should have lost a pen. I'm just not buying it. Notre Dame is disciplined. They shoot the three. They hustle like Princeton does. This is not a contrast in style. Notre Dame wins this game easily. Not concerned about the upset here. Okay, that's a great – by the way, I think that's the leadoff game for the whole entire tournament. What a great leadoff game, huh? That's awesome. Uh, let's go to number four, West Virginia and Huggy Bear versus number 13 and the Bucknell Bison. This is a preview of things to come, Gus. It's amazing how you can love a team and then get a matchup and be off them, or you can despise a team and get a matchup, and now all of a sudden you keep writing WV down in your bracket. So this won't be the first time I write this one down, my friend. I think West Virginia has has enough Options on offense where they get up and down with the guards coming in. Nathan Adrian inside a little bit. Issa Ahmad. No Bucknell. Not today. Give me West Virginia. And by the way, hang on to your hats on this one. Okay. Let's move right down. Let's go to number six, Maryland. And let's go number 11, Xavier. Who do you like in this matchup? Chris Mack has been sticking his fingers in the dam the whole year and done a wonderful job overcoming those injuries. It ends here. Maryland, Trimble. I think the freshmen come around a little bit here. Get hot. Cowan, Jackson, my boy Herter. Give me Maryland going through in this one. Very nice. I like it. That could be a situation where it's a tight game and Mello wins another game by himself at the foul line or with a shot late. That'd be pretty cool. Number three, Florida State, in-state rival. Number 14, Florida Gulf Coast. This seems pretty trendy, Mike Randall. Which way are you trending? This game's in Orlando. It's going to be a tremendous basketball game. It's going to be attended really well. Exciting players on both sides. To me, it's a tale of two teams with Florida State. 
Florida State had that run in the middle of the year, and that's why people got them. And they sort of hung around up here on this three line. I don't think they belong. Mm -hmm. They won five out of six. Just to recap, they won at Virginia. They won home against Virginia Tech. They won home Duke. They lost at Carolina. Won home Notre Dame and home Louisville. Great job. Then they lost two in a row. Then they won three in a row. Then they lost two in a row. They lost to Notre Dame 77-73 in the ACC tournament. I like Florida Gulf Coast. I think they're live. I think they're athletic. They blitzed the Atlantic Sun Conference tournament. They did a fantastic job. They're not afraid of anyone. I just don't buy Florida State on the road, and I don't buy they should be a three seed. I think they're living off what happened in January, Gus. Give me Florida Gulf Coast upsetting Florida State in Orlando. That is very exciting. What an interstate rivalry and matchup, and you're taking the underdog. Love that. Hey, it's an old friend, Mike Randall. Number seven, St. Mary's versus number 10, VCU. So curious who you're going to take here. Full disclosure to the people here. I will admit that this could be a non-objective pick. Okay? So I will admit to you, and, and, and feel free to contact us, sdspodcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter at sdspodcast, if you feel that I'm not being objective. I think I've been objective in every game except for this one. I'm taking VCU. I, I think Jaquan Lewis has showed me a lot this year. He makes big threes. He makes all his big free throws. Remember the game, I forget who it was against, where he made them and then they, they, something happened or they got a foul. He got, to, he got to the, uh, the foul on the baseline. He got to reshoot him or something technical. I think that they're tough. I, I think St. Mary's is soft. I, I don't think they've, they've impressed me by beating anyone this year. They haven't played anyone. I, I'm just sorry. Uh, Landau's going to get in foul trouble. We know that. And then they're very, very mediocre. Give me VCU winning it through. I, I have no problem with this. In fact, I feel fairly confident. So you are you are saying Mo Ali Cox is going to dominate Jacques Landau inside? Absolutely. Or at least he'll get him in foul trouble. And then we're going to go Calvin Hermanson, who no one has seen. Emmett Nahr is not going to score in Jaquan Lewis. How are they going to score? Joe Rahan? Okay, I'll take my chances. Give me VCU. Okay, last one in this bracket in the first round is number two, Arizona versus number 15, North Dakota. Arizona, moving on. Very good. Okay, let's pop back up top. You have your lock, Northwestern, taking on the number one seed, Gonzaga. Mike Randall, who do you have moving forward? I think I think Northwestern's done enough, Gus. They made the tournament for the first time in almost 80 years, something like that. I don't think they're being Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga's really good. Let's move on. Gonzaga. I think we're in triple digits, by the way, for Northwestern. Um, let's go to Notre Dame versus West Virginia. Fascinating 4-5 matchup. This one, I hated. Uh, you spent a lot of time on this, didn't you? I did. I really did. Who do you think I picked? Because you're, because you're groaning, I think you took West Virginia. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I think that... I, I and, it, and, and it burns you. It, it burns, burns me. You. It burns me for that reason. But I'm going to say they're going to get hot. I mean, listen, Kentucky won a championship once with, by pressing with Ron Mercer, right? I mean, so I, 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 they're good. Notre Dame has no inside game. Bonzi Colson, they'll D him up. VJ Beecham, who knows, 22 or zero. Give me West Virginia. Yeah, Gus. Interesting. Okay, so now you have Maryland versus your upset special Florida Gulf Coast. If Florida Gulf Coast beats Florida State, this is a lock. Florida Gulf Coast has beat Maryland. That's for sure. Absolute lock. The big game is the first one. They get by this one. 
they're winning. In fact, folks, if you picked Florida State, then just put them in this bracket because they're beating the Maryland game, Maryland Xavier game, which will be Maryland. But Florida Gulf Coast, Gus, I put through. Fabulous. And how about VCU, Arizona? VCU, any shot? No, no, Arizona. Okay, let's pop back up top. And I think I think you're going to give us another groany pick here. How about Gonzaga, West Virginia? No, I couldn't do it. Gonzaga's too balanced. Guards, depth. You're not going to get few with a press, and this is where this is where Gus. I'll have West Virginia making their shots for two games, and this is where they don't make their shots. Right? This is Oklahoma at home, Oklahoma State at home. I think this is Gonzaga fairly comfortably. Keep yes. in mind, this game is in California, so it, it might be a kind of a, like I don't know quasi home game. Very good, yes. Gonzaga, right? Yep. Very good. Um, okay, how about Florida Gulf Coast and Arizona? Nah, the same thing with the East Tennessee State or UNC Wilmington sort of thing. This is where it ends for Florida Gulf Coast. Arizona Got is it. loaded. They're balanced. Put Arizona through. Okay, this is, I think, the, the, the teams that we thought would get through. How about Gonzaga and Arizona? Who's going to make the final four for the first time as a coach? Is it going to be Coach Few or is it going to be Coach Miller? It's going to be Coach Miller. And I love what Mark Few has done. And listen, you've been on them the whole year. You'll you'll sing the praises tomorrow. Arizona is not the team Gonzaga wants to see. They're balanced. They have inside, outside. They've played a tough schedule in the Pac-12. It'll be a great game, Gus, but I think Mark Few falls short. Give me Arizona. I've liked them all season. Fabulous. You're doing a great job with the rundown. Okay, listeners, we're going to go across the bracket. We're going to go up top. We're going to go to the Midwest. We're going to head off to, for lack of a better term, the Kansas bracket, if everybody's okay with that. Mike Randall, we're going to start at the top. I'm just going to give you the same rundown. Listeners, here we go. Mike Randall's going to break down the Midwest region. Mike Randall, Kansas versus the play-in game of NC Central and UC Davis. Folks, before we start this bracket, I encourage you to sit down and open a beverage because I'll tell you right now, this is the one that's going to rock your world. Here we go. I'll take NC Central. Ken Palm has higher numbers on them. I'll take them over UC Davis. It doesn't matter because Kansas is beating them. Moving on, Gus. Very good. How about number eight, Miami versus number nine, Michigan, made-for-TV matchup? Absolute lock it up here. Oh, another lockup? Lockup. A lockup the 8-9 games. I feel very strongly about this. Okay. Since when has everyone forgot that Michigan State has struggled this year? Are we we so blindfolded by the Izzo greatness? Like, they're a trendy pick. Like, why? They have no point guard. He doesn't score. They're very limited offensively. They have a ton of injuries. No Aaron Harris. Miami wins this game. I don't think it's really that close. I don't know how Michigan State is getting this support. Are we watching the same Michigan State? No one's watched Michigan State more than me. I, I, I've been with Miles Bridges is great. He won't be back next year. He should be the first overall pick. But Gus, you're telling me they're weak. They have, the point guard doesn't score. Harris is out. And they're going to beat a Miami team? A Miami team, by the way, Gus, that beat North Carolina by 15. A Miami team that beat Duke. A Miami team that won at Virginia. Yep. No way. No chance. Miami threw, and it's double digits. Love that lockup. How about number five and one of our favorite guys, Monte Morris, versus Nevada? This is one of those games I really love both teams. But Iowa State does what Nevada does but does it better. Monte Morris, I've jumped on your bandwagon late. Best player on the floor. Burton will be hot this game. Give me Iowa State with the seniors. Excellent. Let's go down to number four, Purdue versus number 13, Vermont. And their long, long, nation longest winning streak currently. You know, I think back 
to sometimes the Vegas lines that we look at, Gus, make us nervous. Mm-hmm. This one's like six, I think, or seven, something like that. Yeah, it's in the neighborhood. I'm not that nervous. I, I John Becker's done a great job with Vermont. But guys, Caleb Swanigan could be the best player in the entire country. He never gets in foul trouble. Have bigs, will travel. Oh, by the way, they got a seven-footer who comes off the bench. And they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. I'm not nervous about this game. Like, Vermont, they they, they almost lost at home to Albany. Yes, they're playing well, and I'm very happy for them. You do not want to face Caleb Swanigan in the first round. Purdue wins this game. They lost in the first round last year. They're going to be super motivated. They lost to Arkansas Little Rock Blue, the 12-point lead with like three minutes left. They're going to come out loaded for Bear. Give me Purdue here. Number six, Creighton without Mo Watson versus number 11, Rhode Island, who's very hot. Yeah, a hot team in Rhode Island. Creighton, no Mo Watson. Shots don't always fall on the road. This game is in Sacramento, so you got to fly out there. I'll take one in doubt, Gus. Give me the hot team. Give me the underdog, Rhode Island. Okay, very nice. I like that pick as well. How about, speaking of uh, California, how about number three, Oregon, and number 14, Iona? Let's stay out on the West Coast. I'm going to draw back to last year, Gus, when Iona faced Iowa State. I think it was in round one. I learned this then. Iona's not beating a team that wants to run that has better players. Oregon's going to win this game. I wanted Iona in that game against, uh, against Iowa State. Didn't happen. You're not beating a team that runs. That's not how this is going to work. They're going to beat a, a team that's a contrast. Give me Oregon even without Boucher. Number seven, Michigan, fresh off the Big Ten Championship versus number 10, Oklahoma State. We have said this since October. They have a great coach. They have a good defensive system that people have trouble with, with the B lines one through one. They have senior guards, six guys that shoot threes. Oklahoma State can score. I get it. A lot of scoring, a lot of shooting. Juwan Evans, that's great. So can Michigan, and they're going to do it better. Michigan moves on. Last one in this particular region in the first round, number two, Louisville, and number 15, Jacksonville State. No offense, Jacksonville State. Louisville wins. Moving on. Okay, very good. We're going to pop back up top. Listeners, here we go. We're going to go back up to the Kansas-Miami game. Mike Randall, Kansas versus Miami. We've talked about this all year. Kansas doesn't blow anyone out. They are weak inside. And they have sporadic moments that they dig themselves into holes where they have to have miracle comebacks. That ends here. I'm almost ready to lock this one up. Gus, Miami with a great coach that has been to a Final Four that matches up very well with Kansas. Give me Miami upsetting Kansas, and I feel really good about it. I have to tell you, like as comfy as you feel in your recliner on a Friday night with a Miller High Life, I really like Miami here. Look, if we're referencing the champagne of beers, this is exactly what the listeners want. They want to hear some sort of pick and upset like this. Well done, Mike Randall. One more thing. I'm sorry. One more thing on this one. Davon Reed, Jaquan Newton was suspended. He came back. Bruce Bowen may be the best freshman that we're not talking about here. 
11.9 points per game, 5.8 rebounds. I like them. I am calling the Hurricanes to beat Kansas. They have treaded water all year long. I'm going with it. Okay, let's let's see what else Mike Randall has in the bag here. Let's go to Iowa State versus Purdue, the 5-4 matchup. I'm stealing off my illustrious partner. They don't want to play a team, Iowa State, that has a big guy inside. And Purdue has the best big guy. I think it's real simple. I don't know why we don't like Purdue. I, I, they have big guys. They were upset last year. They're going to be motivated. They shoot the three well. What's the problem with Purdue? What, what don't we like about Purdue? Purdue beats Iowa State and moves on. Yes. Fabulous. Okay, you have Rhode Island versus Oregon before we get to Michigan-Louisville. Rhodey's not disciplined enough to beat Oregon. Oregon can be picked off. It's not going to be by Rhodey. They take weird shots. They're happy to be there. This isn't the matchup. Fair enough. And then finally, in this particular bracket in the round of 32, Michigan is matched up against Louisville. I feel like something frisky's coming. What do you got? Because that's the bad sushi you just ate. You're not going to press Michigan. You're not going to press Zach Irvin and Derek Walton Jr. You're not doing it. And that's what you got to do to win. Okay. Michigan pulls the upset. I do not like Louisville. I do not like the way they look. No way. Give me Michigan. Fabulous. This bracket is really taking yep, form. This Mike is Randall. the one. This is it. Okay, let's head back up top. And now you have a Miami team fresh off their upset versus a Biggie and Purdue team. I'm staying with Biggie. He's that good. You called it back in October, Gus. He never gets in foul trouble. They will play D against Miami. He's a handful. He shoots threes. Best player on the floor game. Purdue, yes, in the Elite Eight, yes. Fabulous. Then you have Oregon versus Michigan. Lots of threes being put up in this game. Who do you like? Michigan is disciplined enough here. This is where the Boucher injury hurts them. If Boucher played Gus, A, they probably wouldn't be in this bracket. But I would pick them here. No way. Not without Boucher. Give me Michigan going through. Yes, I'm giving you a big 10 Elite Eight. No, it's not because I write for BT Powerhouse. That's what I believe. Unbelievable. I don't know if anybody else that you're going to be listening to has this as an Elite Eight matchup. Okay, Mike Randall. Who is punching their ticket to the Final Four in Phoenix? Is it going to be the Boilermakers or the Wolverines? Who's got the better player? Well, it's Purdue. That's right. And Purdue, I have been saying this, Gus, for a month now. They needed a good draw. I got to tell you, even if I'm wrong with Miami, I think they're beating Kansas because I think Landon Lucas is, is, is shaking in his shimbers to face Caleb Swanigan. They who, shoot, who wouldn't be? They, shake, they shoot the three well. They're battle-tested. They almost beat Nova beginning of the year. I really like Purdue. I love Michigan. There's going to be familiarity there. I'm taking Purdue. Okay, just to review, Mike Randall has Duke in the East region in his Final Four. He has Arizona in the West, and he has just given you Purdue in the Midwest. Listeners, if you're not excited to hear the South region, I don't know what you're doing. Okay, so let's head right away to the top of the South region, the North Carolina region, for lack of a better term. Okay, Mike Randall, keep doing your thing. Keep surprising people. This is getting exciting. Who do you like, North Carolina or Texas Southern? I'm going to say this now. As soon as the brackets came out, Gus, I always look at the one seeds and I say who has the easiest path to the Final Four. I don't know if you want to say easiest path to the Final Four, Gus, but the easiest path to the Elite Eight belongs to North Carolina. Sure It's not does. even a question. So, yes, I'm taking North Carolina over Texas Southern. Fabulous. Let's just go right downstairs. 
Let's go Arkansas, the eight seed, versus Seton Hall, the nine seed from the Big East. Gus, I thought a lot about this one. Seton Hall's played real well. They're just a little inconsistent for me. I don't like Willard. You know that. The game's in North Carolina. It's a clo- This is a close one. This is not a lockup. I did not lock this one up. I'm going to take Arkansas. Okay. I'm going to take Arkansas. It's really close. I really, it's a pick against Willard. I'll take Arkansas and I'll take uh, Mike Anderson. Fair enough. Let's head down to the oddly seated number five Minnesota to one of our one of our adorable teams that we've really been crushing on big time, number 12, Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even see the line when I thought this. Akeem Springs is out, okay? Middle Tennessee State's favorite. They should be. They're going to win the game outright. I, I, it's a 5-12 game. What, what other mojo do you need for this game? Middle Tennessee State's winning this game. Minnesota's shorthanded. Agreed. Uh, let's go to number four, Butler, who holds on to that four seed, versus number 13, Winthrop. I've been saying all year I think Butler stinks. I, I don't think they play well against bad teams. Winthrop's going to be really hungry. This is a pick against Butler. I think they stink. I, I, just, I think they get up for the big teams and they get down for the small teams and they're going to get picked off here. I'm going to take Winthrop. It's a pick against Butler. I like the pick against the team that you don't like. I think you got to put your passion somewhere. I'm glad you've placed it in the right spot. Yep. How about number six, Cincinnati? gets rewarded with the playing game winner of uh, the 11 seeds, Kansas State or Wake Forest. I don't like picking against the playing game twice, but I am going to do that. I don't think Wake Forest or Kansas State are any good. John Collins is tremendous, and he's been coming on strong. He's been, well, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. So I'm going to take them over K-State in that okay. game. Yep. And then I like Mick. I like the balance he's got across the board. He's got seniors there. They play tough D. Wake Forest is mediocre. I'm going to take Cincinnati, but I don't feel great about it because I I'm, I like SMU with that Providence USC battle, and now I'm picking against it again. But I will. I'll take Cincinnati. You know what? I think this is one of those situations where you just kind of have to reflect back on their record. Mm-hmm. Are we aware that Cincinnati only has four losses this yeah, season? Yeah, I'm with you. Like that, that that's just one of those things where like just just take a look at their record. They won in Iowa we, State, Gus, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's what swung it for me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, continue down that bracket. Sorry to get you off, uh, you know, off your line there. Uh, number three, UCLA is going to play number fourteen, Kent State, in the Golden Flashes. It's going to it's going to be the first one to hundred because Kent State's going to run with them. I'll take UCLA, but exciting game. So you're saying maybe take a look at the over-under there? Take a look at the over, yes, for sure. Okay, very good. Okay, this is the game. I'm kind of glad we got to this game almost to the end. We love both of these teams for different reasons. Number seven, Dayton. Number 10, Wichita. Gus, this one killed it. It killed both of us because we – I'll tell you, I would have had both of these teams going to at least the Elite Eight if they didn't play each other. Uh I think both of us had like grand plans for both of these teams and we were both thinking like, oh, well, you know, if Dayton gets a good draw or if Wichita State gets a good draw and they got each other. Yep, that's exactly (laughs) right. Which is like, you know, worst case scenario for if you're a fan for either one of those teams. If you're a Wichita State fan and you're a Shocker fan, you are totally sweating out Archie Miller and the Flyers. And if you're a Flyer fan, you're like, you have to be friggin' kidding me that we have to play a team that, according to Ken Palm and Sagarin, should be like a two or a three seed, and they're a ten seed. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
I feel bad for both teams because both teams could make a run very deep in this tournament, and one of them is going to get eliminated the very first the very first round. Totally unfair. This is one they got wrong. Our big fan of the show, Scott Stevens. I'm going to be the prodigal son. I'm sorry, Scott. I like Wichita State, and then when I saw the line is Vegas has Wichita State minus six. Scott, I'm going with Vegas. I'm sorry. I love Dayton. You know that. But this isn't the matchup, Scott. I'm taking Wichita State, Gus. I'm sorry. You know what? It hurts me a little it bit. It hurts me. It really does. But <laughs> I got to be honest to the public here. This is who I think is going to win the game. I do. Right, right. Mike Randall, let's get you back up to the top of this bracket. But before we get you there, how about Kentucky and Northern Kentucky, the Norse? Yeah, I love the Norse. Good people in the Norse. Good people that'll see one game, and that'll be it. Give me Kentucky. Fair enough. Okay, let's pop back upstairs. Let's go UNC Arkansas. Does UNC have? Uh, does Arkansas have any chance to go ahead and run with UNC and make this a game, or does UNC kind of outclass them in the second half? I thought Gonzaga Northwestern was an easy second round game. This is the easiest second round game in this entire tournament. UNC not close. Fabulous. Okay. Another upset special from Mike Randall. You have Middle Tennessee State versus Winthrop in the next game down in this bracket. Even if Butler somehow won against Winthrop, I would it wouldn't change anything. Middle Tennessee State goes through. You got Upshaw, you got Giddy, you got your Corey Williams. That's enough. And our guy, Kermit Davis. Good. Kermit Davis does such a great job. Okay, let's head down. This it's this matchup is frisky. It's interesting. I bet the line on this game, if both teams make it to this game, is going to be closer than you think. Keep an eye on that. Cincinnati versus UCLA. Contrast in styles, I couldn't do it. I wanted to pull the trigger. I can't do it, Gus. UCLA scores too easily. Freedom of motion. Give me UCLA. Fair. And then we're going to go downstairs. This is crazy because this is a matchup of like the one of the sickest games we've seen in the tournament the past five years. Wichita State and Kentucky. Have a seat, people. When did all of a sudden Kentucky become one of the top teams in the country that's flawless? Where did all of this Kentucky support go? Oh, because they have Malik Monk, you say. Really, the Malik Monk that's had 27 points, but then 6 points, but then 2 points, but then 20 points? That Malik Monk. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And those were late in the season when he's penetrating? Good. De'Aaron Fox, who's been playing great lately. He's been the best player on the team. No problem there. Bam is questionable inside. I think he still is the guy who tries to get most of his points off of the uh, Fox drive and lob to the other side of the rim. I'm sorry. I'm not a big Kentucky guy. I I think the people who are living and thinking Kentucky is rolling is basing it off how they've done in the past, and that's not how they're going to do this year. Gabriel is on the side of a milk carton. Derek Willis has been better, but not great. Briscoe can't make a jump shot. Whoever wins Dayton, Wichita State, Kentucky's going down. I'm sorry. They are a notch below the UCLA, UCLA, UNC's, Duke, and Zaga. They are not in the same level, guys. They haven't played that well the whole season. Let's look at their schedule, guys. Got off to a flying start, but then things changed after that UCLA loss. They've had trouble scoring. They've tried to go to defense. They had the uh, win at Alabama, 67-58, when they're trying to find themselves. 
They get blown out of Florida, eighty-eight sixty-six. They lose three out of four in the middle. Three out of four in the middle of the year, eighty-two eighty at Tennessee. Bad loss. Home to Kansas. The good comeback by Kansas. Then they barely beat Georgia at home in overtime. This has been a very inconsistent team. You're going to tell me that they've won eleven in a row. No problem. You're excited about the win at Missouri and the win at Georgia. That's fine. You're excited about the win against Vanderbilt by six at home. That's fine. You're excited about the uh, big back-to-back Alabama-Arkansas wins in the SEC tournament. That's fine. I'm not. All name, no substance. Kentucky's out. Wichita State's going through. Listeners, please take note. This is getting exciting. Mike Red, we're going to bring you right, right back up top. How about UNC, Middle Tennessee State? Middle, keep it rolling? Or yeah. does UNC just kind of take this Can't one? Can't do it. UNC takes it, moves on. Yep. Very good. Then, this is fascinating. I know. I don't know how many people have this. How about UCLA, Wichita State? I'm going to go UCLA. It's a chalk bracket for me. Can, but I, I, can I just jump in for five seconds? Sure. If this game actually happens, do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what the line is? The line is going to favor Wichita State. You think so? I think so. If this, game, if this game goes down in the Sweet 16, you are going to see Wichita State favored by a point. It could happen because since he could beat UCLA, I almost pulled the trigger on that one too, and then it would be real interesting even more. But I will take UCLA and their high-powered offense all the way through. Yes. Fabulous. Okay. What a great matchup for the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. You have the Tar Heels and the Bruins. Mike Randall, break it down. Tar Heels have the easiest path to the Final Four. They're balanced. They have scoring. They have a great coach. They have inside. They have outside. They have bench. Enough, UNC. Interesting. Okay, just to review, listeners, Mike Randall has given you a Final Four of Duke from the East, Arizona from the West, Purdue from the Midwest, and UNC from the South. A varied, unpredictable Final Four with many an upset along the way. Mike Randall, I'm just going to say, well done. Do you want to go a little bit further and give the people your Final Four breakdown of what's going to happen? I don't at this time. I'm just going to stay with the Final Four. I used up all my energy, guys, for this. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm looking at it, and I always go to the Sweet 16, man. That's how I analyze it. You got to have some upsets in there. In my Sweet 16, I have two 12s, UNC Wilmington and Middle Tennessee State. That can definitely happen. I got a 14 with Florida Gulf Coast. That one's yep. you know, probably the longest shot, but I don't think the Maryland-Xavier game is huge. I think if they get by that first game, they'll get by the second. I have all. Uh, I have three of my one seeds through except for Kansas, and certainly it's very rare that all four one seeds get through to that Sweet 16. We'll take our chances, Gus. All right, listeners. We're going to flip the script on you tomorrow. Mike Randall will read the games off to me. I will attempt to be as entertaining, as exciting, as unpredictable as Mike Randall on this breakdown. And then you can make your decision on who you're going to go with. Last thing, Mike Randall, before we leave, I feel like we need to wager for the listeners out there our brackets against one another. What Do you have an idea, or we're we just going to release that tomorrow for the listeners of what we're going to wager for our, whack, our, 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 our bracket-like wager? Let's do it this way, my friend. Folks, we're going to do a wager. You let us know what the wager should be. Hit us up on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Email us, SDSPodcast at gmail.com. You can hit Gus up at C. Kearns. 
12, C-K-E-A-R-N-S-12, myself at Fantasy Warrior Mike, F-T-S-Y Warrior Mike. Let us know what we should bet, what we should do. Keep it realistic. We know I'm going to lose. I don't do well in these bets. Okay. Oh, no, somehow you sung this year. I, I still don't know how I won that. No, that was, no, you defeated us in the in the uh, ten pick showdown. No, so I mean, for, everything's fair here. Because it was four zero. I'm out with my family. I don't even check for twenty four hours. That's how much I gave up. <laughs> I didn't even check for twenty four hours. Uh, so let us know, folks. We're excited. Thank you for listening to this tonight. I, I put my heart and soul into this for you, folks. It's my belief. I can always see the Kentucky fans coming at me. That's fine because you can't pick all chalk, folks. I'm telling you right now. It's not going to be one versus four and three versus two. If that's what it was, this wouldn't be as popular as it is. You've got to think outside the box. So, Gus, it's been a pleasure. I will tell you tomorrow night will be a lot less stressful for me. I just sit back and let you go to work, man. Very good. Okay. I'm looking forward to switching roles. I think it's going to be really fun. I hope the listeners uh, enjoy – uh, the opposite ends of the spectrum that we might be coming from and uh, the lens that we're going to look through the bracket from. And I hope that they can, you know, take both pieces of information, uh, gel them together and make your own opinion and go ahead and dominate your own um, bracket office pool or, or wherever you may be operating. And we just want to say thank you listeners out there for tuning us in. We're really thankful. We love that you love what we're trying to give you guys out there. Uh, thank you, everybody that's hitting us up on Twitter for suggestions and ideas. We're trying to take everything into account and and, and make it happen and make it better. Um, thank you, Bell Jar, for bringing us in and out. Um, and listeners, thank you for all the love. Mike really worked hard and 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 went to town on the best time of year intro poem. And the thing was like a masterpiece. It was definitely qualifies as a as a work of art. So congratulations, Mike Randall. That thing was beautiful. I hope I, I'm glad that the listeners out there loved it. And uh, technology department, thank you so much for your help putting that work of art together. Thank you, technology department. Technology, smell you later, Kansas, Kentucky. All right, Mike, let's do this thing again tomorrow, and let's just let's just uh, flip around the rolls. What do you say? Sounds good, man. I gotta tell you, out of all the picks that I said, the ones I'm most fired up about, the one game, boy, do I want UNC Wilmington to be Virginia. <laughs> Shoot, shoot the ball, London. We'll see you. Screen to screen.